This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle. Get in on the conversation at 866-979-ESPN. Now here's your host, the professor, John Clayton. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Chet. Chet, how are you? Well, John, another one's in the book. Yes, another great season for the Jets. Another uh, banner season for the Jets. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Well, I predicted four wins at the beginning of the season, and I came right on the money. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't say as, uh, I'm surprised they didn't win the, all the games I thought they would, but um, uh, they, you know, they, uh, they pretty much performed as expected. I think overall, this is kind of what we anticipated in the beginning of the season. Right, no doubt. So what do they need to and, do this uh, offseason? Oh, boy. Um, well, they have to have a really solid draft. I yeah, mean, let's face yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they're poised for four really good draft picks. I mean, they're in the sweet spot of the draft. Right. You know, drafting, I think, what, fourth and fifth in the – or, I mean, fourth and tenth in the first round. Right. Fourth and fifth or fourth and, and – or fifth and sixth or something in the second round. So, I mean, let's face it. Douglas has to hit on all four of those picks. Yes. Um, and even if he doesn't come away with superstars or gold jacket players – um, he's got to get four starters, four guys that can play. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it'll be interesting to see where the team uh, retools. In particular, I'm interested to see what they're going to, how they're going to re- revamp that defense, because I'm curious to see what they think the problems were, where the holes were, or the problem players were in the defense. Because yeah. I really never got a full feel for what they were trying to do on defense. Um, you know, what what the responsibilities of the players were, and if it was a communication breakdown, a talent breakdown, a situational breakdown, or some combination thereof. So I'm interested to see, because they certainly got a lot of talent in that room to figure out, you know, and assess what went wrong. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm curious to see where they're going to try to, where the the plugs are going to go and what they feel that they're lacking. Because I just did not understand what they were trying to do this uh, on defense this year at all so now what's your thoughts here i mean we just watched uh two coaches go one and done okay and and of the new coaches hired last year of the seven and then we're watching uh guys you know go into after two years if salas struggles next year could he be gone after the season no i don't think so of course it always depends on how the team performs yeah Um, obviously I, I, I think next year they have to learn how to win. Yeah. And I think next year the goal is to get to around 500. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't anticipate them making the playoffs next year. I'm not looking for that. But they've got to learn how to win. They've got to learn how to win consistently. And I'm hoping that uh, they're going to go from, you know, from this year to, to become mediocre next year. Right. And then they make the big leap in 2023. Um, and I, I think, like I told you last week, the thing I liked about Sally is, it seems like they've got a culture that they are, in fact, developing. And I, the way I feel that is because the team didn't quit on them. Right. You know, uh, and they had some I – mean, <laughs> they had a real ugly stretch there in the middle of the season when the defense just couldn't stop, uh, you know, just couldn't stop a ham sandwich. Mm-hmm. And uh, – uh, but but they kept playing. And uh, the last four or five weeks, you know, this team was, uh, you know, marginally competitive. Um and probably could have won a couple of games that they kind of gave away. You know, they should have beat Miami twice, quite mm-hmm. frankly. They could have beaten, or should have beaten Tampa. Um, 
you know, so that's those are things where they've got to learn how to win those games next year. Um, but the, I think the most important point was they were in the games, and they, you know, despite how depleted they were on offense and the numbers weren't good, um, they played Buffalo pretty tough last week uh-huh. um, when they really had nothing to play for, and Buffalo had everything to play for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think that I think that's a, a, a positive sign for the coaching staff. Um, and if they keep that up next year, I, I again, I don't think this is going to be a playoff team next year. But no, no way. I think Salah is, no, I think Salah is safe for at least three years. Uh-huh. Um, uh, he's Douglas's guy. And we all know that they're in a rebuilding mode. And uh, I, I think Salah is safe. I, I don't think he's got the same problems that Judge had and some of these other guys had. Well, certainly but he's got he, a better personality than Judge. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, Judge was well, a disaster. Well, he's you know he's kind of out of the Adam Gaze school of uh, of a personality crisis. But mm-hmm. um, what I'm curious is, and the one thing I, I I'd love to hear your take on is what happened in Miami. Was that just a play of a situation where the GM and the coach just couldn't get on the same page, and the the owner just basically sided with the GM and not the coach? No, no, it's more than that. I mean, uh, Brian Flor- Brian Flores couldn't get along with anybody. He's, oh, really? He struggled uh, with his assistant coaches. He struggled with some players. Obviously, he struggled with Tua. And they, even though he's had two winning seasons, they just got sick of it. Yeah, because something just didn't seem right there. Again, they have had so much draft capital and still yeah. have a, a lot of draft capital for another year but or they so. But so they give so much talent away. Yeah. And, and I, I just... That franchise should be in a better position than they are right now, and quite frankly, you know they went on that seven, you know that seven uh, game winning streak. Well, two of them were against the Jets in games they should have lost, and they basically were beating substandard teams. So you know that seven wins is misleading. Um, you know, I'm, yeah, they play New England well, but other than that, uh, mm-hmm. I really was not. I, I was completely underwhelmed by what they brought to the table. And I just don't understand. There, there's a problem there, and I just don't understand what the problem was. Yeah, the problem yeah. was. I mean, he struggled. Get uh, we didn't we didn't find about uh, this until later. But he struggled, you know, getting along with the assistants, with Tua, some of the players, and all that stuff. But should be shouldn't we be surprised? I mean, and not surprised because again, he's he's a Belichick coach. Belichick coaches are just like that. They can't get along yeah. with human beings. Yeah, that seems to be a consistent problem. That's another problem the judge had, mm-hmm. uh, and we see this time and time again. And it's just the arrogance that I, the arrogance that they bring to the situation, um, and that and, and you know, uh, I, I just saw something on Netflix with uh, uh, Saban and Belichick just talking about uh-huh. uh, you know coaching philosophies, their friendship, and everything else. And you know, while these guys, you know, certainly have you know egos. It's like they are willing to listen to everybody in the room and then make a decision. Yeah, and they are very—they're very good at spotting the talented people, and then and telling them what they expect, and then let that person do their thing uh-huh. to meet that expectation. Okay. Whereas I think what where the the subordinates refuse to see that is is that uh, uh, they just don't let—they don't tell what the expectations are. And they don't let the people work within those parameters because their ego won't let them do that. Mm-hmm. And it may be a little bit of insecurity, too. I don't know. I'm just guessing. But you see it time and you're absolutely right. You see it time and again. And the problems seem to be the same. 
yeah, um, with, with these guys. And, um, you know, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't really bother me because I love to see, you know, the Dolphins in crisis because they should be so much better than they are. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, it just seemed, that one seemed very weird to me. Agreed. Yeah, but, uh, but again, it's like uh, uh, for, for the Jets, it's like at least Salah gets along with people. But, boy, he's got to coach the defense better. Yeah, um, again, I'm still not, I just don't understand what the problem was with that defense. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm interested to see how they try to retool it. Um, because there's, there's, there's clearly problems. Um, and I don't know if it's a scheme or the players didn't fit the scheme or the players weren't listening to the scheme or what what, what the problem was. And obviously, yeah. come on, <laughs> let's just also be honest. I mean, there, there's a, they're bereft of talent. Um, and quite frankly, once Marcus May went down, it all kind of blew up. Mm-hmm. And uh, quite frankly, I think the real problem starts with just inadequate safety play. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not just inability to tackle, but just not being where they're supposed to be and, and constantly getting caught up in the wash. And you just see these off-tackle plays where these guys are just getting picked off left and right. And then when they do try to tackle, they weren't tackling. I mean, Ashton Davis was just abysmal oh, this year. Terrible, yeah. You know, the only thing he knows how to do is fall on the ground and swipe at ankles uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, if he's even close to the, the ball. Um, so I think safety play was a huge problem for them, especially when Marcus May went down. Um, so I think that's a situation where they've really got to fix that position, either in the draft or, you know, bring LaMarcus Joyner back or whatever. I can't imagine they're going to bring Marcus May back. Um, but we'll see. It, it, it'll be interesting. But uh, and I also don't know if the problem is at linebacker. I think you know I like Quincy Williams. You know I don't know mm-hmm. if he always knew where he was supposed to be, but man, this guy can cover side. I mean, he seems like a solid kind of linebacker. He can cover side to side, and he plays with his hair on fire. So uh, they may have found something there. And of course, Mosley, he, he's, he's had a great, great season. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if they're just going to look to find somebody to put him in the middle, or what they're going to do because you know conversely. Um, the guy that they got from Detroit, uh, was it Davis, was just a bust. Mm-hmm. Um, he was hurt. I don't know if he ever really got healthy, but he just never seemed to, to, to get it going in that system. Right. So maybe they just need to, And then they've also got those two kids that they drafted as safeties last year that they're trying to bulk up and, and make into linebackers. So I don't know if they're going to drop them back to safety or if they're going to continue to make them linebackers. But it's going to be interesting to see what they think the problems were by how they retool. Yeah, exactly. But I just don't know. I just don't understand what the problem was. I just can't. I couldn't. And they got to get better at running back. Um, I think they've got to get a little deeper. I like Michael Carter. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I don't think he can be your bell, a bell cow back. I just mm-hmm. don't think he's big enough or durable enough. And I don't think you want to wear him out like that either. Yeah. So I'd like to see them try to come up with a situation like he had in North Carolina. You know, bring in another back, perhaps a little bit bigger back. And uh, have, you, have give yourself the combination, and then maybe bring back Devin Coleman. Um, mm-hmm. You're, you're not going to make him your bell cow, but if you can keep him healthy, he ran well in this system. I mean, yeah. he knows the system, and when he was out there, he, he played pretty well. Um, but I think if you can bring in somebody else uh, alongside Michael Carter, I think you're fine in the in the backfield. What I, you know, the one that I think you got to add an offensive lineman, either yeah, at center. Um, and I'd like to see them bring back Moses, um, if nothing more, as insurance. But I think Fant played very well at left tackle. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, I, I, I think that was just a good pick 
up, and he fit the system to a T. So I don't know if you want to move. Think you ever get anything out of Becton? That was I was just going to go there. I mean, that's the that. I would say that was my biggest disappointment this year because mm-hmm. I really was anxious to see how he was going to grow. And I don't know if he's going to fit the system very well because he had trouble in preseason. Right. But I I, I liked him his his, uh, his rookie year. I mean, I just like watching him play. Mm-hmm. I mean, this kid was – I mean, he, he's in the NFL. and He's throwing NFL players around. Um, this kid's got a world of potential, but – um, that was my biggest disappointment this year because I really wanted to see him improve. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I liked watching him play. And uh, they really need to have him come back. But they've really got to sit on him in the offseason. Yeah, yeah. Because, again, there, there's a problem there. And I think they just got to get him on the yoga mat and get him an NFL body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stop um, eating too much. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I look at him. I mean, I think he's got more potential. But mm-hmm. he reminds me of Damian Woody. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I just felt huge man with, with weight issues. Yeah. You know, once Woody got the weight down, he was dominant. Uh-huh. You know, uh, of course, he played right tackle. But um, I think Becton could be the same thing. He's got to get his weight down, get more flexibility to become more durable. And uh, uh, that was my real disappointment this year. Yeah. I, I hope he can bounce back. But I really would like to see him pick up that uh, Iowa center and just have a plug-and-play center for 10 years. You can move McGovern to right guard, or move to, or keep to resign Duvernay. I like to see him resign Duvernay because I thought he played it well in that system mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the offensive line really improved once he plugged in. Um, so I don't think that that's too far off. They got to get themselves a legitimate uh, a tight end. Yeah, I really like that that Kenny Yaboa kid that they got as a free agent out of Mississippi State. I think the kid can catch. He can run and catch. But I don't think he's going to give you too much off the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. So they've got to find somebody that's a little bit more complete. But they really do need a legitimate tight end to help out uh, Wilson. And uh, the other disappointment um, is Mims. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the heck happened there. But this kid's got a ton of potential. But, man, he is just a basket case at this point. And I don't know how it got to this point or what the problem is. But uh, I really hope they didn't miss on him. But i got to believe at this point – you know, he may be. They may be better off just moving him somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could, I, I just, be. I just don't. I, I just don't. I don't know what the problem is, but man, this kid is just not putting it together at all, and they're not giving him much of a chance. I mean, my God, he's suited up. They've got three. They're start three wide receivers, you know, uh, out, and he's not getting any reps. What's uh-huh. more, he's suited up and on the bench. They bring in practice players, and he's getting playing time ahead of this kid. Yeah, he is so far in the doghouse, I, and I just. I don't know what the problem is. It's too bad, but I'm disappointed because I think this kid's got a ton of potential. No doubt. Hey, Jed, thank you for for the phone call. All right. Take care, John. Enjoy playoff weekend. Okay. Sounds good. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Cameron. Hey, Cameron. Hey, John. Uh, honor to talk to you. Well, thank you. Mike, uh, obviously we know uh, Russell Wilson is going to be back next year. Thank you. Got you. Me convinced on that. you got me convinced on that. But I'm curious to see what you think about the potential of the Seahawks making any other 
uh, big trades with uh, current players on their roster, like they've been doing in the past? Uh, I don't. I mean, they 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 don't have guys that they could trade, unfortunately. Uh, it's like, you know, where, where are you going to get value from any of the guys currently on the team? I mean, you know, people are stupid when they keep on bringing up, you know, DK Medcalf trade and stuff like that. You know, why are you going to trade one of your most talented players? doesn't make any sense. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's not uh, going to happen. Yeah, what about any uh, cap casualties currently on the roster? They got, $70, they got $70 million of cap room. Why would there be cap casualties? Seventy, huh? No, I said I understand. Yes. Yeah, seventy million dollars of cap casual. I mean, it's like there, there's no reason to make any uh, moves as far as you know letting guys go to fit into the cap. I mean, they got plenty of room under the cap. They just got to try to re-sign some players, not lose players. Uh, all right. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, now, what, what do you what do you think they should do? I mean, I would love to. I don't think the, the Jamal Adams trade is given the return if everybody wanted it to. I'd love to not have that that cap hit. Yeah. But that's you know, what I want and what what's actually reality happening are usually not the same thing. Right. And uh, you know, what, what positions do you think they need to hit? Uh, if you're a defensive line and a center. Mm-hmm. Okay, independent. Depend, depending on Dwayne Brown, they, they de- well, they definitely need some tackle help. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't go wrong with dominating the line of scrimmage. You know, any, right. Most teams that do that seem to fare pretty well. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's where I want to see the focus. And, yeah. and if that means, you know, starting Ryan Neal and strong safety, I'd, I'd be happy to do that. But you know, getting out of this Adam deal doesn't seem like it's very likely or very yeah. possible. Hey, Cameron, thank you for the phone call. Yeah, have a good day. All right, 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Cliff in Gig Harbor. Hey, Cliff. Uh, good morning, Mr. Clayton. Good morning, Cliff. Um, you know, I, I'm, I've been listening all week, last couple of weeks, about yeah. um, uh, the mess that is the Seahawks uh-huh. over one losing season in almost nine years right right and and it, it, it's like do folks realize how, how hard it is to win a, a Super Bowl how hard it is to maintain consistency in the National Football League mm-hmm. based on the cap system that is there right you're going to lose players I've heard fire key trade Russell trade DK I'm like where are these folks coming from I, I do believe that there is a core element to this team that can be successful for a very long time. Uh-huh. It, it's what where the Seahawks have been having problems is finding those talents, and it's hard to find talent in the free uh, either through free agency as well as in the draft. Mm-hmm. And every team has issues in the draft, and Seattle has just hit theirs. I, I don't believe we're as bad as we. we as people think we are. Agreed. And, and I don't think it is time to blow it up. I think you do need to make tweaks. You need to address the offensive line. You need to address um, a running back in, in the draft. You, de- you do need um, to address the safety and then look for a stud uh, D lineman. It sounds like a lot, but, but in reality, I don't believe it is 
given the current cap situation of the Seahawks. What do you do? With am right? I wrong? What, 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 am I no, I think you're 100 percent right. I'm in, I'm in total uh, agreement with you on all this. And I've been saying it now for the longest time, but you have so many negative fans around right now. They just don't listen. It, it, I think what it is, it, 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 look where Kansas City was uh-huh. for a long time. Look at, look at uh, San Francisco. When was the last time they won a Super Bowl? A couple um, years ago. Well, you're, you're winning a, and, and the thing is, I mean, it's hard to win a Super Bowl. Just simple yeah. as that. I mean, look yeah, at that, look look, what, look at Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I mean, yeah. he's been there since 2005, and uh, they've won one Super Bowl with him. One. Yeah, and, and that's that's what we're we're looking at. It is very difficult to do, given the caps. Teams are turned over. Once you win, once you win, your roster is going to turn over, and you uh-huh. got to figure out your core. And then it's trying to find those pieces. Right. And and, and, and look at the success. That the, the most successful successful teams have continuity for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. They're not turning over their coaching staff. Again, they make tweaks. Whether right. um, the defensive coordinator stay or go, I'm, I, I do believe they need to evaluate that. But you can't give a grade on Shalen Waldron in one year because again, you had, not, you had another hodgepodge at the offensive line. Did he really get his system in place? Did everybody buy on? You got to get at least another year to see can he perform? Is right. he a good player? Agreed. No, I agree with all that. I mean, it's like uh, it just, but it just drives. I, I mean, everybody crazy. You know, listening to oh, fire him. Let's do this. Let's. I mean, come on, just build talent. Yeah. Don't give away yeah. talent. Don't give away exactly. coaches. Don't give away you know the the core of your franchise. And, and and I do believe that Jamal Adams' trade was a disaster for um, the organization, but I think it's short-lived yeah. because we'll get out from under those trade picks. The salary, again, that, that we'll see what impact that has mm-hmm. on the long term because the finances of the NFL is changing. And what does Jamal Adams become? Because he's still a young player. Right. Was he 24, 25 years old? Uh huh. 25, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So he's still a really, really young player that that's grown into himself, and the team hasn't figured out the best use for him uh-huh. or how to develop the other skill set they want. Right. But again, it's like uh, I mean, he's been a three-time Pro Bowler. Uh, you know, he set the record for sacks by a safe or by a defensive back. And so there's definitely something there. It's just a matter of keeping him healthy and then, uh, you know, getting everything around him better. Yep. Yep. Well, hey. Mr. Clayton, I won't take up more of your okay. time. Thank you. You have a great day. Okay, Cliff. Thank you so much. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Shannon Dreyer joining us at 1030. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. And our next caller has a success story. You know, it's it's Rick in Seattle. And Rick, you won your survivor pool. I won the pool. Well, I, I took a share of it, but I, okay. I consider that a win. But there was 20 of us going in 
to the last weekend, yeah. we all had to pick two teams. I had Tampa Bay and Buffalo, and yeah. you gave me the blessing on Buffalo and Tampa Bay. You were a little, <laughs> a little trepidation because they did have injuries, and I yeah, knew that yeah, going yeah. in. But they they did have something to to play for. So thirteen of us out of the twenty had two and O. Oh, so wow. we all got a, a share of some uh, Survivor pie, and uh, I just wanted to say thank you for. Um, uh, giving some blessings on some of my picks, and I think the one that helped me stay in the pool was, I think it was week, uh, boy, what was it? Week it was um, Baltimore was playing Cleveland, and I mm-hmm. think the Giants were playing Philly, and I was leaning Philly. I liked Baltimore, and you said, nah, I don't know, I think Baltimore's the team, and you know, I kind of looked a little more after the phone call and said, okay, let's go. If JC, yeah. Can, uh, can uh, give me the seal of approval. I'll go for it, and they won, so that was great. And the other, um, the other big game was back all the way in week two. Wow! <laughs> if you can tell me who Greg Joseph is, I'll give you one dollar. And he is actually um, kicker for Minnesota. Right. They were playing at Arizona. Uh-huh. Feverish comeback, last drive. Cousins looking like. You know, he he was actually earning his money that day. Drove him all the way down, four seconds left. This Greg Joseph guy's lining up for a 42-yarder game winner. Boom, pushes it about two feet right. Uh uh (laughs) So, I mean, you know, there's luck, obviously. There's luck in this thing, but but it was fun. Um, I enjoy it, and um, I got uh, your favorite charity from – from your producer, so I'm going to throw some money uh, that way in your name, and just um, I'm glad I'm glad you were you were on the phone with me on that Philly uh, that yeah Philly Baltimore. Oh, day. that's great! I'm glad that uh, you know some of the recommendations and that did work out. Yeah, because I you know because I'm not a better or anything like that, but I do spend a lot of time evaluating teams and trying to figure out what week to week things can happen, and uh, I'm just glad it worked out for you. And I, I appreciate it very much. And um, I'll, you know, I'll be, I'll be around next year, but I won't hit yeah. you up week one. I'll wait until I'm actually yeah, 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 on yeah. the road. And one, one quick thing, John. Yeah. Just on the whole Bezos uh, buying the team and all that stuff. The winner out of all of that will be actually, I should say, winners will be every other owner in the NFL because if if you get in a, a to a bidding war. Um, that's uh, all these other guys are bringing uh, a, a knife to a gunfight. Uh-huh. Bezos has a bazooka, no doubt. <laughs> so, I mean, th- I mean, every, every other franchise will go up by five hundred million. Who knows? Maybe a billion when it's all done. Cause I know because again, he's, he's got more I money. Mean, yeah, because I mean, right now Forbes has him at three point seven five uh, billion, but uh, you know, you know, he'll pay more than that to get the franchise. Oh. And he's not going to be outbid well, the, by Peyton Manning and John Elway. I, I guess I, I tie it into what Bomber did with the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he he just he went past everybody, but every other owner loved it. So bring him on board. Well, then anyway, on top of it, well, I mean, have a great weekend. Yeah, and by the way, oh, by the sorry, way, John. it's like uh, you know, on top of that, I mean, you know, he still has involvement with Amazon, and so it's like you know they've got the Thursday they'll have the Thursday night games and a very chan- mm-hmm. there's a chance that uh, they'll get Sunday ticket in 2023. So it's like, uh, I mean, he's already making the NFL money, and now, I mean, he'll make every owner richer. 
Oh, of course. And and just the thing you touched on, Sunday Ticket, and um, yeah. the Thursday night, does that become kind of a conflict of interest? I don't know how it works with owners and things like that. No, I don't know. I, I tend to, I don't know. Yeah, it'd yeah. be interesting. Yeah, because, I mean, technically, anyway. I mean, even though uh, he has involvement with Amazon, I mean, he's not you know, running mm-hmm. Amazon now. He stepped aside. True. And part of that may be from the idea that it's like, uh, hey, at some point here, I'm going to get an NFL team. True. Yeah, well, I'm I'm sure they like what he's done so far. No doubt, they've he's already got the relationship. It'd mm-hmm. be nice to have Peyton on his team, yeah, to help seal the deal. But I don't think he needs it. No. Anyway, thanks again, John. I appreciate right. it. I'll uh, I'll be back next year. Okay, Rick. Thank you. Eight six six nine seven nine ESPN two zero six four two one ESPN. Let's go to Bob in Bellevue. Hey, Bob. Hey, John. How you doing? Good. How are and you? I hope everything's good. I'm doing fine. So um, I just wanted to make a comment that since we got Pete Carroll yeah. and we're going to keep with him, he had the meeting with Jody, yeah. and I'm thankful that we're not trading Russell Wilson. Right. I want people to stop saying that, you know, because I was I've just been reading a lot of articles, and Dave Wyman has a good one on your your 710 yeah um, website because he was talking about some of the core draft picks that we've got last year that we saw play Swain, Alton Robinson, and those guys. You know, they're not like superstars, but they're good fill-in players. Would you agree mm-hmm. with that? I would agree, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then, now, of course, I mean, Jordan Brooks has been fantastic. Yes. I mean, that guy's a stud. Uh-huh. That, that's going to be a, exciting to see. But my question to you is, do you think if the Seahawks really just concentrate on getting an offensive line, because our defensive line right now on mm-hmm. paper seems really good and yeah. we saw the last five games it was like wow what was this mm-hmm. you know th- mm-hmm. and i'm a true believer in jamal adams i personally think he's going to be the next bobby Wagner. you know the, the leader that steps yeah, up when yeah, bobby yeah. wagner you know retires but do you think if we really concentrate on getting us an offensive line and keep richard penny on an incentive deal right six million a year no i don't you you, you, you don't have to go to six million really well, yeah, you know, because I'm just afraid that some you know dumb GM out there is going to no, go. No, I mean, oh, th- think about think about this. Two years ago, the highest unrestricted free agent running back was Melvin Gordon. He got eight. Yeah. Okay, he's up now after two years. He got because he went uh, sixteen for two, and his value right now is in the fives. Okay, I went through every other running back who's a free agent, and the most you're able to get is a five. You know, in the fives. Or at the most six. That's it. And so now wow. with Penny, uh, you know, at the very most, it's like 5.2, 5.3. You know, like, for example, you look down at Arizona, they got James Conner. I mean, he's worth, uh, according to, you know, different sources, 5.9. And then you've got, uh, you know, Edmonds, who's worth about 5.2. So you can get Penny for less than $6 million, which, I mean, it's actually going to be pretty close to the Chris Carson deal because Chris Carson got oh, 5.2. Okay. That then, would work out perfect then. Yeah, and then, and then yeah, like, for Carson. example, this past year, you know, the highest-paid unrestricted free agent was Kenyon Drake, and he got 5.5, and they signed him not even to be a starter. Huh. So, okay, this falls back then. I think... Really, truthfully, and I don't know if you would agree with this. If we really just concentrated on an offensive line, yeah, we the the offense, the left guard, um, Dwayne, yeah, he said he would be willing to work with one year deals, correct? Uh, Dwayne Brown, 
That's what yeah, he said yeah, on. Yeah, uh, agreed. Yeah. Okay, so we keep him and then get a right tackle, you know, to help right. him out. And it's just like, man, this Seahawks team really could be good next year. Uh huh. I'm, I'm saying, you know, like maybe win the entire division and go for a Super Bowl because I looked at the last five games and I'm seeing an intensity mm-hmm. that I have not seen since the playoff runs when we went to the playoffs and won it all. Right. You know, that intensity is what Pete Carroll brings to the locker room. And I, I think that if we got, if we traded Russell Wilson and, Fired Pete Carroll, we would have been like uh, 1988 Seahawks. Yeah, you're, you're, you're a four or five win team. Yeah. And again, Great. it's like so, all, all you have to do is look at the, uh, you know, what's going on in the coaching world. So where are you going to get your head coaches? Uh, because, you know, 15 have been fired in the last two years. 15. There's only 17 dang. that still have their jobs. Yeah. And do you think um, this is a make-or-break year for the Rams? If they don't do it, there's going to be big They may have one more year. One more year. And one then, more year? Yeah. Great. Well, thank you for your call, John. Or thanks for taking my call, John. Okay, Bob. Hey, thank you. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Rick in Twin Lakes. Hey, Rick. Hey, good morning, John. Good morning. How are you? Oh, I survived the holidays. Yeah, we all did. Yeah, I got out of Leavenworth right before that snowstorm hit. Uh-huh. Anyway, so that's all good. Um, I wanted to get to the Seahawks. Um, we um, we were talking about our, our starting running back uh, that we have now, Rashad Penny. Right. Um, and I made a statement earlier, he didn't seem like he wanted it, and it was true at that time, and he got a little uh, counseling from a uh, senior running back. Uh-huh. And, Adrian, um, Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Adrian Peterson, and it seemed to help him quite a bit. Uh-huh. But the thing that still lingers is almost like he's suffering PSTD. Uh, when he t- every time he takes a shot to his knee, he's like, um, like he flashes back to when he got injured. Mm-hmm. Like he'll he'll grab his knee and he'll run off to the sidelines and you know he'll kind of calm himself down and and get back on. I just wonder if it's if he's really ailing or if it's just you know it seems to be all in his head. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think he's just you know trying to go through uh, you know you know the, the tough injuries he's had on on the knee and all that stuff. Yeah, but, I mean yeah. you know, let's put it this way. I mean look what he did in the second half of the season. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He did, but yeah, he he needs to get gain confidence from yeah. what is. What he actually has accomplished, and he I and mean, he did. Uh, yeah, the pass is, is the pass, and he needs to hang in there. But uh, yeah, he seems to be developing. Uh, what, what, what would what would you pay him to stay? Oh, I, that's uh, that's out of my wheelhouse, man. Um, I don't know. I'd give him what they. Have. You know what? Don't make me the banker. I'd give everybody some money. Yeah. Um, Russell Wilson. I'm sick of hearing the um, the talk about the, the trade. Me too. Uh, he's our guy. We'll we'll stick with him. That's how horse we're going to ride him till he, he can't ride no more. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Wilson Penny, uh, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett's a solid pro. Um, DK Metcalf, he has room for improvement. Right. Um, the thing that uh, he needs to improve on is his hands. Now I don't know if you noticed it. It looks like he, yeah. sometimes he catches the ball like he's got flippers instead of fingers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't set his hand. Remember Steve Largent, how yeah. when the ball came in, his hands were set. He's ready to snatch that sucker right out of the air. Now, not so with D.K. He, he kind of seems like to just, 
like like I said, like a like a seal with flippers. He needs to develop that. He needs mm-hmm. to get on the jugs gun and, and get that going. Um, uh, the um, uh, Everett. Yeah, he needs more reps. He needs he needs to catch more balls. But that, that way, when he does get a ball, he won't freak out and drop it like, like yeah, he did yeah. in the previous game. Yeah, but I tell you, I mean, that's the thing is, is that when you have fifty-five plays a game or whatever the number is, <clears throat> and you don't, you're not on the field. I mean, you don't have enough passes to go around it for everybody. And so it's like, you know, let's be realistic as far as looking at the numbers. If you have 55 plays a game and you run the ball, say, 27 times, then you only have like 28 pass plays. And that doesn't include sacks or pressures and things of that nature. So That's it's the like, problem we had most of the year until recently when yeah. they started running the ball. Running All the ball, right. All those people right. who want Russell to cook, okay, um, well, he, sometimes he's great at the end of the game, but he is not an Aaron Rodgers. Right. Come on, and he'll never be an Aaron Rodgers. No. He's a game manager, which is nothing wrong with that. Who was one of the greatest game managers of all time? Joe Montana. And, and there's another one that played for the Green Bay Packers a long time ago. Bart Starr. Bart Starr. He was a game manager. They ran the ball. But uh-huh. when it came time, when they needed him in the past, he could pass the ball. Right. But there's nothing wrong with being – he needs to get over that. He's not, he's not going to be that guy. Um, the other thing is the uh, the offensive line. Yeah. Now, um, we went out and got Jackson. He kind of reminded me of a, of a potty. He's a really big guy, but yeah. not very mobile. Seahawks need to find out the type of player they need at, at, at uh, guard. They're okay at guard. Well, I'm just saying, but well, not really. Gabe Jackson, when he went out, oh, the, game, the running I, game took off. Yeah, G- Gabe Jackson, who never really got a shot because they was always putting Jamarco Jones in. Yeah, yeah. Who's who's a technician, but he's not very powerful. He, he doesn't have the physical attributes that Phil Haynes has. Mm-hmm. They need to put the right players in. Uh, I like Jake. I like Damian. Uh, Dwayne Brown, he's a good pro. Yeah. Uh, they're going to need to develop his backup, play Stone uh, Forsythe in the preseason. Give mm-hmm. him a chance. And speaking of chances, we need to uh, play our younger guys on defense. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Who aren't they playing who are younger guys? Well, um, let's see. Uh, who? The, the, uh, 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 okay, I'm looking at it right here. Um, uh, Daryl Taylor. Alton they Robinson. play him. Okay, I'm just saying, you need to play those guys. What we don't need is a Benson Mayoa. Uh-huh. Okay, what we don't need is a Kerry Hyder. I mean, between those guys, how many sacks did they get? Maybe four? Mm-hmm. Between them, they got maybe four sacks. Play in your younger guy. You can do bad. You don't want to do bad with the pros who's sucking up all the money. Play your younger guys. You know, like I said, you want to uh, uh, put your uh, your draft picks on defense, play the younger guys on defense. You want to put your free agents on offense. Uh-huh. And they went out and bought a – but I tell you what I do like. I like Sidney Jones. I like uh, DK, DJ Reed. Mm-hmm. I like the, the rookie, Trey Brown. And surprisingly, there's another guy that – the last couple of games, Michael Jackson Sr. Uh-huh. That guy looked good. He's 6'1", and he's uh, well above 200 pounds. And he plays like the cornerbacks of the Seahawks used to play. They need yeah. to resign that guy. Agreed. Yeah, uh, the Seahawks—they they're, they're not uh, that far away. They need to draft a little smarter, uh-huh. and they need to play the younger guys. They right. need to get rid of some of that dead wood. 
I like Rasheem Green. I like Puna and Brian Monet. I love that guy. Yeah. And the veteran Al Woods. Those those guys are solid pros. Uh huh. But um, but get rid of the Deadwood. The guys that aren't producing, man. Okay. Are they just sucking up too much money? They they gotta go. Rick, thank you for the phone call. All right. Let's go to Merritt in Walla Walla. Hey, Merritt. Hey, John. I, I just wanted to get your take uh, in regards to Shane Waldron. I mean, uh, one year isn't, isn't too big of a sample size, but yeah. I just wanted to get your take on him. I think he's fine. I mean, he brings over yeah. a good offensive scheme. He brings over something that works well with Russell Wilson in a sense that he can get more tempo. He can get rid of the ball quicker. I mean, so, uh, you know, you, you can see, you know, when they're healthy and they have running backs and stuff like that, that uh, it, it should be able to work. And the second year will be better. He's a good teacher. He gets along with the players, all those different things. I think he's fine. What do you think the uh, the relationship between him and Pete uh, are because you know Pete, big run guy, and, and yeah. Shane, you know, kind of a little bit of both, more of a balanced attack. I mean, yeah. what what do you think that is is there? I think it's fine. I mean, because again, it's like uh, you know when 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 you have Rashad Penny hurt and you're down to just Alex Collins and you know a couple young running backs. I mean, that takes away the chance to run the ball. But then when Penny started coming on, you saw the improvement. I mean, certainly Collins did a good job this past year. So, uh, but no, I think that uh, you know they. I think the relationship is fine, and Pete says it's okay. fine. Right. Yeah, and, and with you know you you mentioned Penny when he started to heat up, and mm-hmm. that was when you know Lockett and, yeah. and Metcalf were able to get going too. And there's a stint there where they were struggling, but it was because you know you you didn't have a a running back in there that was producing. Right. Yeah, I uh, I'm excited to see what Shane brings to the table next year when when everybody's kind of healthy and whatnot. But mm-hmm. um, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, they just got to get more plays. Simple as that. Right. That's what their big mission is right now, getting more plays. And they can do that. It'll be easier on the defense and much better for the offense. Do you think uh, they're, they're going to try and plug in Colby uh, Parkinson a little bit more next year? I mean, it, it, depends I, on what, it depends on what happens with Will Disley. Because yeah, Disley's right. a free agent. And if they don't bring him back, then they have Parkinson still there. So uh, that's to be determined. Well, I appreciate it, John. Uh, thanks for uh, taking my call. All right. Thank you. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton, show 710 ESPN Seattle.